0: Smartphones and social media have changed the way we interact with one another. Texting while riding your bike, capturing someone on video, doing something hellacious and then posting it on YouTube, or announcing every single thought that passes through your head on Twitter have become commonplace. When you take a step back, it can all seem like white noise. Smartphones also double as cameras, and so now everyone travels everywhere with a camera snapping selfies with anyone and everyone they can find and it's this selfie that has given me pause for thought what exactly is the person trying to convey when they post a photo of themselves with someone in the public eye the backstory implies what a lot of people wish for when they meet someone they admire that the two of you became good friends and the photo is merely the evidence of that wish coming true but of course The reality is the picture only captured a moment that probably lasted only a few minutes, if that. Still, posting it on Instagram or Facebook allows your online friends and followers to fill in the details for themselves. As much as I am asked to take photos and selfies with people who like our band, I am also, on the other side, asking for selfies with people I admire and I exploited this backstory idea of the selfie when we played with Cheap Trick just last month. I got a selfie with each member, Rick Nielsen, Robin Zander, and Tom Peterson. When I posted each pic on Instagram, I made mention that each was now my new best friend. It was a joke, but it also poked fun of the glaring truth each of us do wish that we become friends with these people on a deeper level than a quickly shot selfie. I say all this preamble because that's actually happened to me. It happened to me with this episode's guest, Phil Rind of Sacred Reich. I met Phil in 2012 when I was booked to speak at the Wacken Open Air Festival, and Sacred Reich were playing on one of the days. We were staying at the same hotel, and I noticed the band milling around in the lobby. Being an old Sacred Reich fan, I approached them, revealed my fandom for them, and of course asked for a photograph before we parted. But later on, I saw them throughout the day and finally shared a shuttle with them back to the hotel in the early evening. Phil and I continued our talk into the night once we got back to the hotel, and from there, it was sealed. We've been in touch ever since. For me, this has gone far beyond how I even imagined it going. Despite my job description, I have recognized that I am reclusive. It is one of the reasons why I do this podcast, to put myself out there and engage and get to know people better, the people I would only chit-chat with under regular circumstances. I have many friends in the business and even more acquaintances, but I prefer my own company. And with the exception of JC and Rich, of course, I don't really socialize with anyone in the music biz except for maybe Damien Abraham of Fucked Up. And now if Phil lived in Toronto rather than Phoenix, or if I lived in Phoenix rather than Toronto, then I would count Phil on that shortlist too. I'm in communication with him more than people who live in my own city. Of course, the icebreaker that led to our friendship was the fact that I've been a huge Sacred Reich fan since the release of their debut album, Ignorance. Ignorance is a thrash classic. In my humble opinion, it almost defines the genre. They followed it up with the equally successful Surf Nicaragua EP and then The American Way. But I'll be honest with you, by the time Independent and Heal were released, I had personally, like a lot of people at the time, strayed from heavy metal in general. Sacred Reich are still at it to this day, and have just announced tours in Europe starting in July, and North America in September, to celebrate 30 years since the release of Ignorance. What a milestone. And the chance to see Sacred Reich after all these years is something I will not sleep on. I'm just praying we don't have a show to do on September 21st when they hit Toronto. This year, at the Wacken Open Air Festival, Sacred Reich are playing again. But Phil will also be doing spoken word. This is a new endeavor for him, and I suggest everyone who will be at the festival to make sure you watch his show. I'm excited for him, and I'm teeming with curiosity. Even though Phil Rind should have been on this podcast ages ago, he's finally here, okay? This is long overdue, but it's a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend, Phil Rind of Sacred Reich, is on the podcast and it starts
1: now. The is the from fuck
0: I got to know Danko a few years ago when I used my vacation time to follow the band on the road. And I even spent a day with Danko in some European town that escapes me. But we ended up talking about 17th century art, his pet rock collection, (laughs) the summers he spent as a teenage air traffic controller, his venomous snake collection, his passion for planking, and the night he spent with Ringo Starr's housekeeper. He's a fascinating character with a wealth of stories to share. And I'm a huge fan of Danko, but a
1: bigger fan of his stories. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready because the Danko Jones podcast starts. Phil, how's
0: it going, man?
1: It's going great, Danko.
0: Well, it's good to finally have you on the podcast. And my, you know what? I got to say sorry because by now you should have been on the podcast like five times.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I guess we, we can start at the beginning and then you can right your wrong by having me on another four times.
0: I'm more than willing to have you on four more <laughs> times. Uh, But yeah, like, I mean, if there's anyone who should be on this podcast three or more times and be part of that Black Coffee Brigade Club I have, it's you. Why is that? Well, because, like, we talk all the time, whether it's on email or message or phone or whatever, and you've never been on the podcast.
1: Right. Yeah, our conversations are private. Our con- we have private conversations
0: yes but i mean still i mean i should have just said well i have actually i have in the past said you should be on the podcast let's let's do this on the podcast or let's take this right. conversation on the podcast and
1: yes we should debate beatles versus rolling stones on the podcast we should talk about this on the podcast i'm like uh, you know whatever whatever you want to do man it's the danko jones podcast i I do whatever you want
0: well that's the thing is like uh you always agree and then i never follow up
1: so you're a little you're a little busy with stuff it's okay i forgive you completely
0: i got i got all the other people on
1: that's quit beating yourself up it's okay danko (laughs)
0: But uh, well, actually, that's a, it's a good way to start. Now is the best time to start having you on the podcast regularly because um, the way you and I met was like five years ago at, of all places, Vakin Open Air, which is a pretty metal way to meet somebody.
1: It is at a very unmetal hour, like six or seven in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I know why we were up. I don't. I don't remember why you were up.
0: We were, I was up because, well, the shuttles take an hour and a half or something, an hour to get to the site from the hotel. So Yeah, I think that's I why we go.
1: were up too. I was like, what the hell are we doing at 6 o'clock in the morning for a lobby call? And this is very unmetal hour. <laughs> but
0: I think I caught the shuttle after you. I think I said, hey, oh, this is too early.
1: Yes, you sat on my lap on the way back though.
0: Yeah, we kind of, <laughs> almost, almost. <laughs> we shared the shuttle. It was just us. It was just sacred. It was just the band and me, right?
1: I, th- I think there may have been somebody else in the very back. I don't remember who they were, though.
0: Yeah, just basically not part of the conversation.
1: <laughs> well, we were sitting up front, right? You sat in between me and the driver. Yeah. you <laughs> like a Shift going. Good thing you're very smelt.
0: <laughs> uh, I was stick. I I had the stick right right in between my legs.
1: Yeah, and you like you had your laptop and your like you're cradling your laptop. It was like not the most comfortable drive, but it was interesting.
0: Well, I would have. I did it because I got to be in the shuttle with you guys. This it was wild. Well, I was blown away.
1: And then we went downstairs at the hotel and drank water and looked at Al Jorgensen.
0: Yeah, um, for the next two three hours after that. I and, and you I remember it because you go, hey, let's go outside because I'm from Phoenix and it never rains. And it was raining that night. Yes. So um well the reason why I was at Vakken was because I was doing uh spoken word uh shows there lecturing on KISS and uh yes. I even told you guys in the shuttle what I was talking about, how Peter Chris had been dead.
1: Your Peter Chris conspiracy theory. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so I kind of did it for you guys in the shuttle because I think it was the first night and I was still kind of getting my bearings on it. So I think I did a little bit of it for you guys trying to prove that he was dead. Yes. Um, and then, uh, and then you know, whatever. And now, this year, you're doing Spoken Word at Vakken, which is
1: amazing. It's a terrible idea. I don't know what I was thinking.
0: Well, you know... Uh, over the years, you've told me all these crazy Sacred Reich stories, like tour stories and band stories with other bands and shit. So I have to ask you, what is what can people expect at these uh, spoken word shows that you're doing fairly regularly now, right?
1: Well, I I did one in Phoenix, and then we're doing another one in Phoenix. It's mostly just like a warm up for whacking because I don't want to go out there and look kind of silly so i kind of want to get it together so i make a nice little presentation for the people so it's mostly just tour stories and drug stories just kind of like funny little stories Um, and you know i don't know i think it's like our band was never like a really big band and we're not like some real you know we're not like some super famous people so i think when I tell our little stories, it's more like almost from a fan's perspective. Sometimes you hear people telling stories, and they're kind of like in it, you know, and they're like a major character. Where where I'm like more like Zelig, you know, just kind of there by accident and right. fortunate. So it's a different perspective, I think.
0: So how many shows do you have under your belt now? Because this is a new one. thing for you. Or you did just yeah one? one.
1: Yeah, and then we're doing an, I'm doing another one June eighteenth. Uh, I got some good feedback from like, uh, some friends at the first show. I mean, the first time I got up there, I spoke for an hour in front of people. And I was shocked that it went by so quickly because an hour seems like a long time and kind of daunting. But um, it, it went good. And I just got to figure out exactly what I want to say and then just work on the presentation so it's not boring for the folks.
0: Uh, did you memorize it or is it kind of like a loose off the top of your head?
1: Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's, uh, I've had this, I've been telling the same stories forever to people. I could get a, you know, I could get a hold of an earshot. So the the stories are obviously quite familiar to me. It's just kind of trying to put them together in a way that makes sense. And that's entertaining and isn't repetitive or redundant. And um, I I don't know, I, I guess we'll see. You know, plus the fact that it's gonna be a crowd of a bunch of people, international folks from all over, and hopefully that won't be too much of a, like a language barrier and and a alcohol barrier. We'll see how it goes. I'm not, you know, luckily I'm not afraid of getting up in front of people, so that's not going to be a problem.
0: Right. When I did the uh, kiss lecture at Vokin, and Vokin, for people who don't know, is in Germany. So you're getting a lot of people who might not, you know, be Uh, so fluent with english which is the language i was lecturing or speaking in um and so you get a lot of dumbfounded faces staring back at you uh but i just kind of kind of just got my myself through it
1: yeah forge ahead man i mean you took the first step you just got to keep going there's there's no getting around it and like i said uh You know, the first gig I did here, I told like some other stories kind of a little bit about growing up, and I was like, ah, I'm not sure who wants to hear that. I'll stick more to, you know, I think people that might come listen to me kind of want to hear Sacred Rite stories or kind of like band-related things, plus we'll be at the festival, so I keep it to that. You know, and some people, you know, the lyrics have always been semi-political, so maybe some people are expecting a little bit of that, but I don't really... I don't really want to fuel that fire and fuel the division. So you know, I I may say something about we got to look past that bullshit and f- figure out how we're all the same rather than what we're fighting about. But uh, that'll you know, if people are expecting something like that, I'm I'm not even jumping in there. It's it's too obvious too. I mean, I think people can figure out probably what side of the fence I'm on. And certain people are a major embarrassment. There's not much of a debate about it. So.
0: Well, okay, so you said that – so is the band going to be already on site, like at the festival? You guys are playing Vakken Yeah, we're
1: playing. So I'll probably do the spoken word thing during the day, and we'll play in the evening.
0: Oh, wow. So it's just – you're just going to be there for the one day? Yeah. Wow. Now, uh, aside from the show in July and then after Vakken, do you kind of see in the back of your head maybe some future – like a string of dates uh i don't know like henry rollins is this in the back of your head
1: i i don't know if anyone would be interested so i guess you know we'll do whacking and then i don't know we'll see you know i mean it's something that we could explore if anyone's interested i mean i just i don't i don't know so i i don't see a big future in it for me but uh
0: I think uh, for me as a fan and just a music fan in general I'd love I I would love to see it I would love to hear it um so I don't know if I'm the medium or uh someone just uh, just kind of a uh someone who likes that kind of stuff I don't know if I can't gauge how my taste is going these days but I'm very interested like when I heard Online when I read about it that you were gonna do this, first of all, I said, Well, he could pull it off, cause you tell some hilarious stories that I think you know can keep the listener engaged for the entire length of the story. And then you have done stuff, man, like Sacred Reich are in there, a historical band and and a legendary band. People want to hear those old stories. You've brushed, you've rubbed shoulders with some heavyweights that a lot of people are still fans of and iconic people. Are you going to be talking about some iconic people in the stories, like to kind of get maybe younger fans who might not be familiar with Sacred Reich?
1: Uh, I mean, you know, people want to hear the stories about you know touring with Danzig or touring with Pantera. Like, I don't think people want to hear like Super Duty Sacred Reich stories. I think they. Uh, To me, the funnier stories is, like, our interactions with other people. Yeah. You know? So, you know, like, the first time I met the Metallica dudes. And it's always interesting to me, too, because we obviously have a lot of friends from the Bay Area who, you know, Metallica was, like, the local band at some point, right? And those guys were around, and they know them a little bit better. You know, but for people who didn't grow up up there, you know, like, people like us from Arizona, who they were just huge influences and like our fucking idols um it was it was like a humongous deal you know to see them in person and to meet them for the first time and it was and, it, and you know it's funny it's not always what you expect and it's often not what you expect but uh it was funny i went and saw brian Posehn, the comedian yeah. over the weekend okay and he he told me a story that they went to see Metallica play at, like, the Kabuki or someplace. He goes, it was during, you know, Kill 'em All. It was very early, and he was just starting in a band with some friends. He goes, my hair was kind of short, and I looked kind of dorky, and we had one friend with long hair, and we were all just kind of dorky, and we, we told James that we were starting a band, and, and we needed a name, and he said he looked at all of them, and he he goes almost <laughs> <laughs> and i was like and i was like yeah you know cuz that dude can be like really cutting and really intimidating you know especially if you're a big fan yeah and i think and i think you know there's an element of him liking that you know what i mean him using him using that Against other people. Like, I I don't think it was in a super negative way. I think it was just like in a sarcastic, you know, kind of funny way. Like, you know, people who are semi bullies, (laughs) you know, putting, you know, when you're used to be like the alpha dog in the group and, you know, you kind of put everybody else down, but it's not like super bad natured. It's just the kind of way things are like ribbing.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, So it's, it's funny. I go, oh, so it wasn't just me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, uh, my, I don't know. I met him once, and it was, it, it wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It, it just was this thing where he repeated everything we said to him with a, like a "That's great," right? Like he was done. He had, he had already like, um, spent all his time with a bunch of people. We were the last in line, kind of thing. Right. By, by the time we got to him, he was just he was checked out.
1: Right, he was like, yeah, great, great, just not his head. Yeah,
0: yeah, like he said, where are you guys from? Oh, we're from Toronto.
1: Great place. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm I'm done. I'm done trying to be interested in a bunch of people I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, like. Yeah, I mean, you, you can understand, man. Some oh. days are good days. Some days are bad days. Some days you're like, man, it would be really great to eat something right now. How much longer we got?
0: <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing. And, you know, if if there's anyone in metal to be intimidated by, it's like, you know, there's a certain, you know, because, yeah, you're right. Like in terms of heavy metal, there's a whole bunch of alpha dogs backstage, you know, trying to be the coolest guy in the in the room. But there's only a few people that everybody bows down to and, you know, Lemmy would be one of them. James Hetfield is another one of them. There's maybe you can count them on one hand. But uh, but James Hetfield, I remember when we played the Download Festival in the UK and Lars had uh, been taken ill. So it was that show where Dave Lombardo subbed in and Joey Jordison backstage. There was everybody was there. Uh, all the old, the uh, dime bag was there, Jamie Jasta was there, Nikki Six was there, the corn guys were there, um, uh, slipknot guys were all there, and Metallica were practicing in the backstage area so we could all see and hear them with different drummers for the show. And then when they finally were finished, they all came out one by one. So Kirk Hammett came out, everyone said, Hey, Kirk, and they were all cheering. Rob came out, they were all cheering him. Hetfield came out. Nobody said anything. <laughs> he just walked past everyone, and nobody went up to him. Nobody said anything. They 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 parted the ways. These are like like Nikki Six Corn, like Slipknot, yeah. like the the who's who. And he just walked by, and and he walked straight into the limo. He didn't say hi to anybody. I could just see. He just said. I could see his mouth. All all he said to himself was. All right, and he made a fist in the air, and he walked to the limo. Nobody bothered him, but for Kirk, yeah, they
1: were yeah, just yeah. it's shocking. It's shocking. Everybody bowed down like in, in deference, like when he walked by,
0: because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a bunch of fan like regular fans. It was like yeah. all these dudes and all these alpha guys, and and uh, it was really interesting. And I just thought, okay, I'm not the only one who who's kind nope. of obsessed with this guy.
1: That was the rock and roll version of King of the Hill, and it was clear who was King of the Hill,
0: yeah, yeah, it was it was it was so impressive, it's one of the most impressive things I've ever seen,
1: <laughs> yeah, and he didn't and he didn't ask for it, he didn't demand it, it just happened yeah. spontaneously, yeah,
0: yes, and, yeah, and he's not you know at, he's not demanding it either, he's not walking around going, "Look, you guys owe me this hes, he's
1: that's that's the ultimate power when you don't have to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's implied he doesn't have to prove it to anybody it's already been proven time and time and time again it's it's unquestionable
0: yeah yeah he is he is definitely the man Uh, yeah yeah
1: he's gotten a lot nicer too so you know like my last interaction with him was much different so
0: no was that at the metal blade was it 35th anniversary or something or
1: yeah the 30th anniversary of metal blade yeah yeah. Yeah, I saw the
0: photos with you and was Brian Slagle was in it and
1: that no, was me and Jameson, Jameson and uh, yeah. your, your buddy Eddie Trunk and then uh the dude from 90210 was like photo bombing us.
0: Oh yeah, right. Uh Dylan Luke, Luke Perry. Luke Perry. Luke Perry. Yeah, that's right.
1: That was pretty funny.
0: Well, my buddy Don Jameson was in the photo.
1: That's yeah. He's a good dude. Yeah. He's
0: a great guy. Um, Yeah. I
1: told you that. I told you that story about him and I told you a story about Don Jameson and Eddie Trunk.
0: No. Or maybe you did.
1: I don't know. So we, we go to the thing and it's a house of blues or whatever. And I walk into the dressing room, but it's like us and Gypsy Hawk or whatever. So on the door, it says Sacred Reich Gypsy Hawk. I walk in there and Don Jameson, Eddie Trunk are in there and I never met either of them. And I walk in, and they're talking. I look at them, and I go, hey. And they look up, and I go, I point at the door. I go, whose name is on the door?
0: <laughs>
1: and they both fucking put their heads down and walked out. Really? And I was, yeah, I was totally playing with them. I figured they're, he's a comedian. He, you know, you have a sense of humor about it. But uh, they, they, they kind of put their heads down and walked out. And I saw him later. I go, you know, I was totally fucking with you. I let them go. I didn't stop him. <laughs> I, I didn't stop him. But I came up to him later. I said, you know, I was just fucking with you. I, I was just fucking around. So, no, well, whatever. I thought it was fun.
0: I know. Don's got a good sense of humor. He's, he's definitely can roll with the punches.
1: Yeah. I told him later. He goes, oh, dude, it's cool. I'm like, all right. I just don't want you to think I'm a dick. I mean, I'm kind of a dick, but not in the way that you thought I was a dick at that point.
0: Right. <laughs> what did the Gypsy Hawk guys do?
1: Oh, no one was in there. It was just those two. (laughs) They were in there by themselves. And I walked in. I said, hey, (laughs) like, get out of my dressing room. Oh, man. It was funny.
0: Well, um, so there's a lot on your plate besides the spoken word gigs. You mentioned you guys are (laughs) going to be playing. Is that a
1: fat joke, Danko. Sorry? Is that a fat joke? There's a lot on your plate?
0: No, no.
1: <laughs> I'm so sensitive.
0: No, no. But I mean, Sacred Reich, you know, 30th anniversary. <laughs> you've got, um, you've, you're more busier than you have been in, can I say, decades.
1: Uh, did you say more busier? No, I said more busy. No, you'll hear it back. You okay. said more busy. Your education is too good for that. Come on, Banco.
0: You know what? Sometimes I'm uh, I'm under the gun on these podcast episodes. I'm too aware that I'm speaking into a mic and we're well, on the record. What,
1: what's the? When did I become the the English police? Now that's the real question. So yeah, so I'm sorry no, to interrupt. you. Listen, I don't. <laughs> we I don't, have a bunch of stuff going on. I
0: don't mind being. <laughs> I don't mind being policed. I kind in, of. In, I do. I do appreciate it.
1: In your parlance, I have a lot on my plate. Apparently, so. Um.
0: Oh man, you're not gonna <laughs> shake that!
1: Uh, I'm just having fun with you. Yeah, we got a I bunch of crap like, going on. I feel on. like
0: Eddie Trunk and Don Jameson in your dressing room right now.
1: I, I'm 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 channeling my inner James Hetfield. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a bunch of stuff going on. We got you know we haven't we haven't like, well, so we got four weeks of tour in in Europe, which is like a long time for us because we really. Basically, we've been doing a, maybe about two weeks, and then we have our first uh, U.S. and North American shows in like twenty years. We're doing three weeks in the states, couple dates in Canada, and uh, and yeah, we're gonna reissue the uh, do a thirtieth anniversary edition of Ignorance coming out. I think uh, end of July in Europe, and then a few weeks later in the states and North America. And now and right now we're we're kind of in negotiation to get our whole catalog back because there's been an issue like contractually with different record companies. So the records haven't been available because we haven't had the rights to them. So I think we're on the verge of getting everything back.
0: Holy smokes.
1: So that's really cool. And then, uh, and then we'll go from there and then, you know, and then also like we're not opposed to maybe doing some new stuff, which is, for us, a, a kind of change of plan. Like, we've always been adamant that we weren't going to do any new, new music. And I don't know, like, our attitudes have changed. So we'll see what's on the horizon.
0: So when you say we, do you mean you? Uh, uh
1: No, I mean we. Really? Well, I mean, you know, there's still four of us, so...
0: Because, you know, behind the scenes, I've been asking you for years, you should totally fucking do more Sacred Reich stuff, like new stuff. And you've always said to me, off the record, now it's on the record, you've always said, no, nah, nobody wants to hear that. And Jesus Christ, there's like, I bet this North American tour is going to be real. You'll It'll open your eyes to see how many people have entered the metal fold, you know, since you guys have taken a break from it.
1: Well, we'll see, but there's there's a lot, you know, like you know, thinking about doing new music isn't just doing new music. It's making a commitment to do new music and support it. You know, and like Wiley, our guitar player, just opened a second restaurant. So it's pointless to to try to do something if you really can't get behind it. So we need to talk about if we do do something, is there an opportunity to support it properly? You know, what are people available for and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, just getting in the mindset of, hey, you know, can we even think about talking about doing new stuff and all that it entails is definitely a we thing, right? And then do people want to hear it? I don't know. I'm to the point where I don't care. I've I've always been more or less to the point that I don't care because people go oh there's a big audience I'm like well how do you know there's a big audience how do any of us know we don't we can make an assumption that there's an audience but I, my point is look when we made our first record there was no audience no one knew who the fuck we were and we did it anyhow because we didn't care because we knew we had to do it so you just have to do it with the right attitude you have to do it because you want to you think the time's right you have something to say and then you go from there so there's all that crap.
0: Yeah. No, I, I understand, but I look yeah, at Yeah, I wasn't telling you, I
1: was telling all the people that listen to your podcast.
0: No, right, right. No, but I mean <laughs> But I, but I I mean like I look at the tours that are really successful these days, Creator, Testament, Sepultura, you know, th- those tours are like doing oh, amazing numbers.
1: Sure, but those are bands that have been active all these years and yes. putting out new music.
0: Yes, yes, but so that's f- different. But they're from the era that Sacred Reich were a uh, you know a main a main event band,
1: right? But those were all bands that are also bigger than our band at the time too, and currently bigger than our band. So it's like apples and oranges. So
0: okay, fine. You're gonna just you're just gonna volley back at everything I say.
1: I'm no, I'm just saying, like, I understand where you're coming from, and I, okay, and this is my contribution. <laughs> that, isn't that what a discussion is? Yeah. Dang, oh, come on. No, no,
0: no. I know. Um, but I'm glad to hear that it's, it's, it may, may happen, because, listen, there's some, there's some dudes putting out music that kind of shouldn't be putting out music anymore, because of one thing or another. They just don't have the chops. You know, they're just no, the the voice isn't there anymore. You know, you, they've changed direction. But when you when I heard,
1: I is there anybody specifically that's coming to mind?
0: Yeah, but I'm not gonna say anything. I can't say it on the record. But I mean, listen, you your, your voice, you your contribution to the teenage time killers from what was it, 2015, a couple of years back, was. Spot on, if you had told me that was from like 1990, I wouldn't have bat- batted an eye. I would have believed you because your vocals are just that current and fresh and together.
1: You know, the funny thing about that is I I was probably about 75% and I was bummed. I'm like, I know I could do better. Like, you know, Reed asked me to do that thing and I was like, great. And like the week before I got sick, like asthma and a cold. And I went to California. Anyhow, I couldn't back out, you know. And I did it when I was sick. And I was like, oh, man, I can hear it in my head. I know I can do better. <laughs> but I think my voice has actually gotten better. And I'm more confident as a singer. So if we do anything moving forward, I'm pretty sure the vocals would be kick-ass. You know, but. Yeah. So the thing is, too, is like I'm super guilty of overthinking things, uh, generally speaking. So I can obviously overthink like, what does Sacred Reich even sound like in 2017? You know, should I kowtow to whatever expectation that our fan base may have of what we sound like? So there's, you know, all those things, like 20 years of not making new music. You know, what, what, what do we sound like? Yeah. And I finally just came to the realization we sound like whatever it is that we put out and it'll be fine. Which is pretty obvious, I think, to probably most people. But to me, I had to work through the process and get to that thing. So we'll see.
0: But it's not as if you've been like just listening to jazz music for the past, you know, twenty years and then suddenly you're getting back into your old band. You've been current you've been up on the current bands and trends and stuff like that. You know, your ear is still attuned to you know what a metalhead's ear would be right
1: no 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 it's been jazz it hasn't been jazz. it hasn't been jazz but uh you know like w- when we were doing earlier st- like look if you listen to ignorance you're like man those guys listen to a lot of slayer aren't they it's obvious right yeah and and then you know people say i don't know whatever people want to think about what happened later you know but um I, I don't sit around and listen to the new Havoc record or whatever is currently going on, you know. Like, I'll check out New Gojira a little bit, you know, New Sepultura, but I'm not driving around my car listening to the newest, latest metal records. So, my frame of reference is still Ride the Lightning, Rain and Blood, Hell Awaits, Master of Puppets, you know, from a metal perspective. So I don't I don't really know. I mean I guess we'll see what it's gonna sound like. And I'm certainly not as angry as I was when I was seventeen. <laughs> and I think and I think back I'm like, what was I so angry about anyhow? You know, I'm like a white male, you know, middle class kid. But uh, yeah, I guess a lot of people that age are just upset. So
0: Oh, you just frustrated with your place in life at that point?
1: Yeah, the injustices of the, the world.
0: <laughs> Use the words, yeah, justice and society is a good one in the in the next set of new lyrics. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. well, um, so you're coming to Toronto in September, and uh, I really don't know if uh, I'll be here for that.
1: Well, well, you'll be somewhere.
0: I will, but I want to be, I want to see you guys in Toronto. That's what I like. That would be, that would be the shit for me. I would freak out.
1: Yeah, it would be great. It would suck to all the way to Toronto and like not have you be there.
0: (laughs) Well, there's one time like, cause I'm on Marty Friedman's solo album and the night he actually played in Toronto, he hadn't played there in years. We were at the airport flying out of Toronto and I was on the plane going, he's, he's, probably going on stage right now and i could have sung the song with him but that's-
1: uh, i should have got a flight out in the morning
0: oh man so uh I, <laughs> I i wanted to i wanted to bring up uh wiley's rehab burger i didn't know he opened up another one so things are going good in phoenix
1: yeah he's kicking ass on the burger on the burger front he uh got has several years well i guess since 2007 probably Oh. Was it two thousand? Oh, it wasn't two thousand seven. I can't remember, but it's been it's been a few. Years. It's been several years that he's been open in Scottsdale, and they just opened another store in Tempe by uh by Arizona State University. So it's going really great. They got great burgers and food, great atmosphere, great service. So yeah, he you know he's worked in the restaurant industry a long time, and they finally opened their own place. So it's been wonderful for him.
0: I need to I need to check it out. I mean, I love I love my hamburgers. So,
1: yeah, Well, when you come to Phoenix, we'll take you over there. It's pretty pretty easy hookup. I know a guy.
0: Yeah, you get you get free food when you get in there. You're like, hey, Phil, here you go.
1: Sometimes.
0: Sometimes.
1: <laughs> well, I think he's got two other partners. If they gave free food to everybody, they oh. met every time, they'd be out of business.
0: Oh right, no, I got you. I don't walk
1: in there with the expectation of eating for free either. Have you seen me? I can pack away some food. I don't want to bankrupt the joint. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> but like when other bands and shit come through, I always take them to Wiley's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we're good. Uh, are we good? I, I mean, I know we're good. And It's uh, my pleasure speaking with you. Alright Phil,
0: thank you for this man. Alright, man. Okay. Thanks, Phil.
1: You gotta dank, I'll talk to you soon.
0: Talk to you later, man.